Hey guys, I'd like to quickly introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Joyce, and she is the sweetest woman who lives across the street from our garden where we have our summer garden parties. She's always welcoming the kids and loving on them. We have a jam-packed hour. It is hard to fit a lifetime in under an hour, but I hope you will just sit back and enjoy this wild ride. She's going to just talk about all the things about growing up in Pendleton. She's going to talk about sharecropping and how her dad worked his way up in Clemson to buy his own farm. She does um, just talk about a really difficult issue when, about being raped as a child and how the power of forgiveness has allowed her to raise her own family. She covers segregation. You will not want to miss all of it. It's so good. Listen and let your compassion for others grow uh, just as you listen and imagine a life that might be just a little different from yours. So I am excited to introduce you to Joyce today. Hey, oh my goodness. I have written and rewritten this intro 500 times. Now the mic is on and I'm so nervous. Does it even matter? Let's just play the booty music and get to the good stuff, right? If you're here, it's probably because you already love me for another reason, and I'm oh so happy. So welcome to the space. Seriously, it's a safe little pocket of space in the world where we can hang out like friends and just talk about the real things of life. So when you're here, I hope you experience God's love and know for sure that you are invited into a rock star life. So there will be stories sprinkled in to inspire you along the way because stories are Totally the best way to bring in connection and compassion. So, let's do this. All right, Miss Joyce, we're gonna jump right in. Okay. Um, you know, the truth of all of this is, I'm just craving real life. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like. Everywhere you go, you get people putting on a show, and mm -hmm. and I just feel like I'm not the only one who really wants to hear the good stuff, the real stuff about life and what matters, and um, I think we all just want to see ordinary people and what the extraordinary things they're doing, what they've done, mm -hmm. hear the real things about that. and. Um, and not just the good, the bad yeah. too, you know? Because mm -hmm. it matters and mm -hmm. it, it all goes together. Yeah. You find yeah. that to be true? It is, it is very much so. Um, growing up, um, I was a baby when they moved to the land where they had lost. And I was- um, and Tell me about that. My dad and my mom, and it was seven children. Okay. At that time, I was the eighth. Mm. So, I was the eighth of 16. The eighth of 16? Mm -hmm. The eighth of 16 children. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Pellington. Um, it, they said Anderson, but it was closer to Pellington than it was. Uh, I remember the first address we had was, it was a Route 3. Mm -hmm. And Anderson. And I'm going, why is it interesting that we live close to town? <laughs> you know, but that was the way that it was zoned at the time. So, 
Oh. Your parents bought? They bought seven and a half acres of land. And he wanted to build his own home because he was a sharecropper. So they, the sharecropper, you shared the crops that you did for the, the owners. You would, um, if they had cotton, you planted the cotton. You, um, okay. you, um, when the cotton came up, you thinned it out if it was too thick. And when it grew up, then you, um, took the weeds out and made sure that it was just cotton there. And, and that's what you would do. I was just telling like one of my granddaughters that, um, the sharecroppers was a hard, um, job. Yeah. Per se, because I tell them like these houses that are um, don't have anybody in them. Mm -hmm. uh, back then, they would go. My parents would go and look for a house, and if they saw one that was empty, they would move in. And a couple of weeks or three weeks so, then that owner would show up, really? and they would say, "I see you found your found your way in," and they said, "Yes, sir." I was hoping we'd see you soon because I didn't want to stay too long and then we couldn't pay what we needed to pay and we'd have to move again. So he said, no, he said, you're fine, you're, you're good. And, and you just pay. And he just pay and, and that was it. And they would <laughs> stay there until they decided to go somewhere else. So your parents did that until they bought? Until they bought that. Seven and a half uh, acres. Yeah. And then um, my dad wanted to do better for his children because he had a lot of children sure. and he didn't want to be dependent on state funds mm -hmm. so he wanted to make it on his own and so he finally hey darling he finally went to um clemson and they told him oh you can't find no job they ain't gonna give you no job uh you black you you know you ain't gonna make it they ain't gonna hire you but he got hired. But he did. He did. <laughs> and he went from riding a bicycle to this man giving him a motorcycle <laughs> to them giving him a truck. No way. For his job. They want they thought that he was a good worker. He fixed things or he left it alone. If he felt like he couldn't fix it, he wasn't gonna tear it. Down. Okay, so this feels familiar to the things you've already told me about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> runs in the family. Yeah, it does. It does. And, See a and, need. Yeah. And you just fulfill that need. And, and that's why I try to teach my girls. And and I have five girls. And I try to teach them. It's not always what somebody else can do for you, but it's what you can do for them. You, it may not seem like a lot to you. Sure. But if you take some bread and some butter, and some jelly and these people got children yeah. that means a lot you know because that's that's a need that's fulfilled and you don't have to worry about that i think we do put pressure on ourselves to make sure our gift is yeah enough and yeah. tasting and just right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it keeps us from giving and so what other challenges have you faced in your life um i was the first one to go to the hospital to have surgery I had um, appendicitis. How old were you? I was nine years old. Mm. And it was like March of 
So you have five girls. Mm -hmm. How close in age are they? Well, my oldest one is 49 and my baby girl is 39. Okay. So yeah. they're, they're close. All close. Yeah. Yeah. But And what? you were still able to find a way to do the thing that you wanted to mm -hmm. do while having kids. How does that work? Yes. It was, it, it worked out fine because I was, um, I was a uh, daddy's girl, of course, and dad sang. He was a um, gospel singer, and they would go around, his group, they would go around and sing at these gospel programs, and usually I would go and I'd take my girls, and when they got up where they could sing, he would take them, two or three of them, and they would go sing. Wow. Oh, wow. And then there was Dairy Queen and Clemson, I believe it was. And before he would bring them home, he would take them by Dairy Queen and get the oh. ice cream. And they would be telling me. <laughs> and I had one that would always save me some. Oh. He would say, My little boy today made my bed. Oh. So when I got home, he's like, come see. <laughs> I made your bed. Like, I, I think kids love to just bless their yep, mommies. Yep. You know? Yep, they do. And with the trailer, at first it was um, two bedroom trailer. And then when I got pregnant with my third, he'll say, mm mm. <laughs> this ain't going to work. He said. And it was only one bed, uh, one bathroom, so he said, Oh goodness, we have made this work. More girls are coming. Yep, so he, um, we went to look at um, another trailer mm -hmm. and they messed up the order because it was supposed to be two baths and three bedrooms. And it was um, three baths and one bedroom. Oh. I mean, uh, one bathroom. So I'm like, Phil, he said, if we wait, it's going to be another month or two. Mm. He said, I don't think we need to wait that long. He said, we'll do, we'll figure it Make out. Make it work. So tell yeah. me about marriage. and Marriage. If you were talking to your daughter's daughter's daughter, just sharing your heart about life. and What do we need to know about I would tell marriage? Them, I would tell them not to rush. To make sure that they thought things over how they um, how they wanted their life life to be for the, their children. Yeah. It was always in my mind, in the back of my mind, how is this gonna benefit my child? And I would try to talk to them. But in that marriage thing there was like you said, there was some good, bad and ugly. Um, I was raped when I was five by a family member and they sent him away. Instead of him being punished, it was like he was glorified because he went to New York and he got to do whatever he wanted to do. He got to walk around and uh, not have to give an account for what he did. With me, on the other hand, me and his sister, um, who was raped along with me, um, we had to deal with 
every time there was a death or every time there was a, a family reunion and he came home, we had to deal with looking at him. And they always wanted to kiss you, hug you and kiss you. And that was something I didn't want him doing. And it was kind of hard to explain how I could love on two or three other cousins, but not this cousin. Were you believed when you told? No. Mm -hmm. You've carried that. But I carried that for a while, but they finally found out. They, they caught him. Okay. And that's why they had to get him out of here, because my brothers and my dad wanted to hurt him. I bet they did. Bad. So, How did you heal from that, or have you healed from that? I didn't, and I started healing, and then it was like my girls, something was going on with them. So, God shows me think different things when they're happening and, and when they're going to happen, and I never did want to share that because we used to call my mother a witch. My mother would tell you, okay, I'm, she'd be getting ready for Sunday school. And she always kept the little ones with her uh -huh. because church to the little ones was long. Sure. So she would keep us later and so we wouldn't be so antsy uh -huh. and let my father take the older ones and go. Okay. And so, they would do that, but I was like, something is just not right. And I couldn't, couldn't figure it out, but it was like, it was your family, because that's all you was around, except for your neighbors, and they lived like two miles away. Okay. So if you walked, that was a good jump. Sure. You know, so until somebody moved in that was closer to us. Mm -hmm. We only had us to play with. Right, right. And then um, they were. It was like the guys. They just go hawk crazy when my mom and dad would go to the bakery or go downtown. Every Saturday they would go downtown, and they would go to the bakery. And the bakery knew that they had a big family, so they would always have a barrel of, of different kinds of bread and crackers and cookies and. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of sweet potato bread. Um, they had those in there for us. Can you make it? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need some of this. I'll, I'll, I've had sweet potato cake. Yeah, but it's pretty much the same thing. It's just not as sweet. Oh man. Yeah. I need to know about this. Not as sweet. I'm gonna have to. So I want to go back. You said God has really. How has He played a role in your healing and? How did you go into marriage with all of that? Um, it was hard. And I think that was the main reason why I didn't want to get married. Yeah. Because I didn't want to take mess, so to speak, mess into a new relationship. We know the deepest parts of ourselves, yes. right? Yes. And that was the hardest part. And then when you have family that feel like you're thought of, thought more of than you, which wasn't the case, but it seems like it, yeah, because 
always had a thing with my dad where we could talk about everything. And we talked about the Bible and he was the one that gave me my first Bible. And I read that Bible and he would tell us stories that his mom and dad wouldn't let them touch the Bible. They only had one big Bible and they took it out to read to them. Oh. And my dad, my dad's father couldn't hear, but he could read. Okay. And we never learned to, to do sign language because he could read lips. Oh, yeah, that's great. And so it was great to a, to an extent because we was left out on learning the sign language. There's opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah. And we had um, a niece and a nephew that are deaf. They can't. Well, one, the girl can talk, but she don't like to because she does, she says she don't know how it sounds. Sounds, sure, yeah, so, yeah. But when she's with me, I make her talk. You do. Mm -hmm. well, you bring out the best in everybody. Yeah. Word on the street is you are the most loving person, full of life. Mm -hmm. I mean it. I've heard it so many times. Well, tell me, like, are there any, do you have regrets in your life or are you... How to yourself, or how do you balance that? Um, I think it's like half and half. Mm -hmm. I wish that I could have done more. Um, I, my husband always told me I needed to get a, a big house and have a big basement downstairs and fix it, and then have a big upstairs and fix it, and let all of my children come in and stay because at one point or another, they all came back home. Mm -hmm. And he said, I just can't stand to be away from each other. <laughs> and my sister would go, how did y'all stand it and not want to rip each other's throat out? <laughs> and uh, one other sister said, oh, she can handle them. They ain't gonna get, they ain't gonna get out of hand with her. <laughs> so she can handle them. Say, why you think I had a fix in, fix in my kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you always have enough space, I did. even if it wasn't as much as you wanted. Uh -huh. And that was the thing that, that got us when we was growing up, is my dad, his sister had nine children. And I, they, my older sister told me it wasn't because they burnt the house down, but that's what we got when we was growing up a little older, that the boys of the family blew, uh, burn the house down. Your sister's boys? My sister's, uh, no, my dad's nephews. Uh-huh. They, oh, uh-huh. They would burn their mama's house down so they could come and stay with mom. What? And dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was, it, there was three instances where the house burned down. <laughs> oh, and my daddy said, You must have had amazing parents. They, they were. <laughs> Okay. And, and everybody thought my dad was mean, but it wasn't. My dad was a big teddy bear. If you knew him. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom was the Hulk. Or, but we had to ask dad if we could go anywhere, you know. And I was a teach to myself kind of person. And I didn't really learn how to dance. Didn't learn how to ride a bike till I was 10, 11. And these things I had to learn because of the surgery. Uh, 
because of me being so little. Can't tell it now, but I was little. Yeah. And so it was it was difficult um, as I got older. And when it took for the, um, the raping and things like that, I, I had a, a good childhood. Um, I blamed mom and dad sometimes for not protecting us because it wasn't just me, you know. And, and But then I had to go to God and say, okay, how do I forgive? Wow. You know, help me forgive. Did he? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. He did. And I was always um, my daddy's girl. And I had a hard time dealing with mom's hard issues in life. I definitely don't want to interrupt Joyce, but I do uh, want you to hear this part and really understand it because her mom um, really was a hard mom. She describes her as the Hulk, but she also goes into describing why she was so hard. Um, and it's because she also faced hard things as a child in the 40s. She lived in the country and had to walk through the rain and things like that, through the mud to school. And the girls were expected to have long hair with ponytails and ribbons and bows. And because the mom didn't have those things, she was... Uh, required to sit in the back of the school and was criticized for those things and just had a hard life in general. So Joyce um, really acknowledges that that's kind of why her mom was so hard on her, but that she wanted the best for, for Joyce and her brothers and sisters. So she's going to go on in the second half of our story to talk about school segregation and being friends with the one of the girls who chose to go to the white school and how hard that was. She literally has a neighbor walk by and she offers them a tomato off the bush. You sure do learn a lot about people by sitting on the porch with them. So I do hope you'll stay till the end. She's going to get into some much harder content where she talks about forgiveness and um, also losing a grandchild in a fire. So I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am and that you'll stay to the end. Thanks. What did that look like as a mom? Um, to her, she wanted to do the best that she could. Okay. She wanted to give um, more than she got. She always wanted to, and she didn't. We always tell them she didn't work outside the home. They said no, she had too many, too many children, and she had to work with them inside. She couldn't go to work. <laughs> I and that was a job in itself, but. We would pick cotton, well, I played, because uh, I was the younger one. And the older ones would pick cotton, and we would pick cotton till we got two or three sets of books. But the first thing we had to do was get books for my, my oldest sister. She was going to school to become a teacher, and we had to get her books first. Everybody pitched in and, and picked as much as they could and got as much as we could and sent to her and um, so she could get her book so she wouldn't be behind. Right. So, and then they would get the next three oldest ones and then the next three oldest ones. Mm -hmm. And see, I was kind of always in that bottom uh -huh. point. So I would have to look on the book with somebody else if, mm -hmm. if they was okay with it. You, you know, if they didn't want you to look on the book with you, then you 
couldn't look on the book. You were out. Yeah, the teacher couldn't say, okay, you have to share with someone. Couldn't have, I guess, but they didn't do it back then. Mm -hmm. So That's I was wild. How different. Yeah. Now, what was your school like? Um, how many grades were there? And there was twelve. All in one school. Mm -hmm. Oh. One through But it was boys and girls? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, they started segregating in 1968, I believe. You could go to the white school or the white school. People could come over to the black school. Well, of course, nobody came to the black school because everything was right there at the white school, so they and the parents didn't want to send their children. Uh -huh. Um, didn't want to send their children there so um, I had a friend girl that she went to the white school really? and they called her the n-word every day and she got so upset one one um, day and my mom had to go get her she was she was hyperventilating and they couldn't yeah so but she stayed in there she stayed in there and graduated Wow. And she's in California right now, and she'll really? she'll um, text me and she'll say, "All right, Bestie, how you doing? What's going on?" <laughs> and so one of my girls, she said, "I gotta text Phyllis and let her know you're in the hospital." So this friend, you were you um, grateful to stay in your school, or do you wish you had gone over? Oh no. Okay. I wanted to stay <laughs> right with, cause see, I was. Just as there's a good side, there was a not so good side of George. And <laughs> if you yeah, tell me got about on, that. you got on the wrong side, then I didn't fight a whole lot. But it seemed like I was always in a fuss with somebody about my sisters or brothers. And there was always like eight of us in school at, at one time. Yeah. When one was graduating, the other one was coming in. So you were usually fussing with one of your siblings? No, I was fussing at somebody bothering one of my siblings. Because oh. I had to keep them off of. And sometimes there would be uh, friends or co uh, classmates that would bring me their purse. And I would tote their purse. Sometimes I'd have six purses. What? Carrying around their purse because the boys would take their purse and go through them. But they wouldn't mess with But you. they wouldn't bother me. Why is this? What? Tell me more about your personality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the side you don't want to talk about I too much. Know. But, um, I want to know. But I, I tell my children so they will know if anybody ever came and said, that woman was mean, they, you know what they were talking about. It's not mean in the sense that she was just grumpy and didn't want to get along with you. Sure. She was just, she meant for you to do right. That's it. And, and that's why they called you me. But I laughed and I said, um, this one guy, he said, they was down there and I could hear him. They don't know. I could hear very well. And they told him, I bet you won't, I bet you won't touch Miss Joyce, but he said, who, who is that? And they said Joyce, I say Miss Joyce, because that's what most of them comment when I got out of school. Uh -huh. And he said, uh, I can, I, I bet you I will. And they said, oh, we're going to see this. We'll give you $5 if you touch your butt. And nothing oh. happened, they said. And so they went, and I heard them. 
so I knew he, what he was getting ready to do, so uh -huh. we had to go up a row of steps, up another row of steps, and then up two steps. And when I got to that second row of steps, he touched my butt. And when he touched my butt, I went <laughs> upside his nose. Good for you. He went, she broke my nose. She broke my nose. And some of the children was running, trying to get the nurse and where the nurses stayed in the whole time. And so they was running. They said, go get Miss, tell Miss Emma, tell Miss Emma. Miss Emma had the bad A reputation. Okay. She was the parent that could whoop any child. Didn't <laughs> care who they was. The parents were involved in the discipline. Uh-huh. But she messed around and wanted to talk to the wrong child. My mother, they called my mom, and so my mom was at my granny's house, mm -hmm. and so they called mama at granny's house, and they told us what was wrong, so mama said, okay, I'm coming. So she's not hurting, and she said, no. Granny said, who ain't hurt? Who bothered my grandbaby? And she got her pistol. <gasps> and she she told Mama tried to get her to stay home. She said, no, I'm going to see who this is down here. Think they grown. Mm -hmm. And so she went, they came down there and they, had to, they told me to come to the back because that's where we were. Because I wasn't moving. And I stood right there till I said, when my mama comes, then I'll move. So she came around the back and she got out. My grandmother got out and she said, and my, my um, the boy's grandmother said, Look like I'm gonna have to whoop some A today. <laughs> and Granny say, and when you think you finished beating A, she say, can you outrun a bullet? And she pulled that pistol out. <laughs> and this woman, I remember her name, Miss Emma Howard. She turned around and she was, oh, Miss 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 Myrtle, Miss Myrtle, how you doing? <laughs> She said, apparently better than you. And she said, what's the problem here? She said, one of my grandsons trying to touch a girl's behind. And I think it was one of your great uh, grandchildren. And, and so she whopped him in the nose. She said, good for her. Huh. And so Mr. Martin, the principal, he had done made it down by then. And he saw that, he saw that pistol. He shot back in that door. <laughs> And he brought them in there. Yeah. I said, oh my goodness. And he took them to the office and talked to them. Yeah, red spider. Mm -hmm. You want it? Oh, no. Hmm? I don't like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. Oh, my goodness. But, um, Miss Joyce, I could listen all day. But that was just some of the things. But I spent most of my... Um, most of my uh, becoming an adult at my oldest sister's house because she had four boys and then she had an ectopic pregnancy and they were saying they thought it was a boy but they couldn't be sure at the time and then um, she almost died mm. from that and then when she had to she landed a job in, in Anderson area and so 
she needed somebody to watch her boys. So I wound up watching her boys. Yeah. And I stayed with her. And she would drop me off at school in the morning. Me and the janitor would be the only ones there. Really? And, and they said, you're not scared of him? I said, why? They said, he's a man. And you there by yourself with that man? I said, that man is my uh, neighbor. I said, and my daddy brings him to, to uh, work. I said, he's not going to bother me. That one was fine. Mm -hmm. He's not going to You have me. shown bravery and perseverance <laughs> and how to keep going in life better than anybody I know. It's beautiful. Your life is so beautiful. I the love good and people. the bad. Yeah, I love people. And I told my mom when that young man died. He contracted AIDS and he died. I said, Mommy, is it bad if you're glad that that person is dead? Yeah. And she said, that's something you'll have to take up with God. She said, you and Jesus need to have a little talk because I can't answer that for you. She said, I can tell you that I'm glad for you and Gloria that y'all don't have to see him anymore. Because when we go to the funerals and stuff, I was on her skirt tail. Because I didn't want... You had to go to his funeral? I had to, no. Oh, okay. I had to go to my, my uncles and my aunts. Other people's when he yeah, came. Yeah, and he would come. And just thought, what, nothing of it. One of my brothers, and that's why they were trying to get him some, some kind of punishment done. Because it was like... He didn't have any, any retribution about him or, or anything happened to him for what he did. Not even. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Not even his mom, you know, and she came up to be a preacher. But then we found out that she was sleeping around with a pastor. And we was like, how? Something didn't go quite right, but and 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 it was the holiness, and and you know you hate to say anything about the. I've been really thinking a lot about how some people would just sum up that God is bad, yeah, because of that. Mm -hmm. But you really turned to Him. Yeah, I had to. I had to trust Him. That what my dad told me. Yeah. Was gonna make it okay. I'm gonna go through some bad times. I'm gonna remember some bad times, but you're gonna be okay. I faced some of the um, people that did that to me, mm -hmm. and I've asked them why, and they tell me they really didn't know. They were just following what somebody else did. Oh, wow. If the big cousin did it, then the little cousin did it, you know, and um, so. Uh, my one of my daughters has a book coming out now, and it's, book. yes, wow. and it's talking about her childhood and the fact that because of the symptoms of fornication and and different things that cousins and people you knew, neighbors, uh, she was a product of a cousin. I had my cousin's child because of that and but 
my husband didn't want it to be known. He said, she's mine. You're married to me. So that means she's mine. And he talked to my cousin and he told him what he thought. And he said, that's the way you want to. And that daughter is the one writing the book? Mm -hmm. Wow. And she told me, she said, Mama, it's right down to the nitty gritty. So when people start coming to you, you can tell them, I don't want to talk about it. Or, you know, read the book. And if that don't explain. And is it a story of redemption? I think the last part of it is because she forgave everybody. Wow. Including myself because I couldn't raise my children by what my mother taught me because her mother didn't teach her. She wouldn't let them in the kitchen. Yeah. If they washed the dishes thinking they was like your baby, uh -huh. don't do something for mommy. Uh -huh. mm -mm. Wasn't mm -hmm. clean enough. Wasn't good enough. She would take them out while they was looking at her and wash them over. Yep. And she ran all of her children away except for one, and that was my mother. My mother stayed there. Well, it sounds like to me that it comes all down to the people mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. You choose the people over the circumstances yes. every time. Yes. I, I have to. It's beautiful. I have to. Sometimes I think. Oh, it's another day. Hmm. You know, what's going to happen today? Mm -hmm. You know, and sending these children, my grands out to school was part of the worst. Is it time for us to go? Well, <laughs> no, I want to hear it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Miss Joyce. Oh, I am in love with you. <laughs> I do want to hear, like, what brings you happiness today? Happiness is my girls and my grand and my great grand. Mm -hmm. The people. The people. Care about the relationship. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I love them to life. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> I can tell. And it's so now that all of them, I, I've got four in here. One is, this is a cousin right now, she's eight months pregnant. And she, um, she said, I don't know how to cook. I said, yes, you do. Stop saying that because she stayed with me her mother threatened to kill her so they gave her to me when I was down here so I've been had custody of her since she was I guess three and she's 19 now she'll be 20 in January wow and so all of them want to know how to cook now and my oldest grandson living um he wants me to write him a book of all of my recipes that I used to cook oh, for him. Oh, that would be amazing. And so I'm in the process of doing that for two of them. Um, lost two grand, the only two I had, in a house fire.
And this hurt me to my heart because I was working at District 4, living in Anderson. And my oldest grandson was four and the baby had just turned a year, November the 5th. And my oldest grandson called me that Tuesday night. He said, Nana. I said, yes. He said, can you get me a rail? Can we stay with you? I said, when? He said, tonight. And I said, well, I can't do it tonight. I said, I have school in the morning. I said, your parents don't get off till eight. I'm supposed to be at work at eight, so I can't get you. I said, but I can come by and pick you up. Yeah. Wednesday evening after I get up out of school. So he said, okay. And I should have known something should have clicked. He doesn't ask me to get real when he comes. So something should have clicked in my head. Why is he wanting real to come? You know, what's going on? Mm -hmm. But I didn't. I got the girls' clothes laid out for the next day and got my clothes laid out and um, got myself ready. And I had um, taken my baby girl to the, cause she had started getting, feeling herself or smelling herself as my mother used to say. So I took her to the um, health department to get us um, some control. And so I said, what, what do you mean? Some birth control. Oh. So I say, because I don't want you to have a child that you, you're not ready for. Uh-huh. You know, so she was smarty pants and she did what she wanted. Uh -huh. And so when I got ready to go, I said, oh, y'all not going to give me a bag? You think I don't want to have some fun? You know, like, yeah, and they just hurt themselves badly. <laughs> but they gave me a bag and I just put it in my briefcase and went, the school the next morning I opened that briefcase and there was those condoms I said Miss Thomas <laughs> and so the lady um, she was coming around to get the um, attendance and she said what's wrong with you back there and I said come here and so I showed her she said why are you hollering I said oh you see things and she said oh she said well put them in your desk that's the only kind me and my husband can use, you know. Uh -huh. She said, just leave me and I'll get them at the end of school. I said, okay. So she went on getting her attendance. I guess about 10 minutes later, he come the principal and the assistant principal. I'm gone. <gasps> oh, Lord. She done told on me. I'm getting ready to get fired. And so they came in and... and Dr. Wyatt said, Miss Thomas, we need to see Miss Johnson for a few minutes. And uh, she said, okay, Miss Johnson. Oh, my goodness. I said, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And they said, no. And the, the man, the assistant person, he said, she knows something. That woman said, shut up. <laughs> and so I said, what is it? She said, we got some bad news. She said, but I need oh. you to come to the office. Oh. And so I said, okay. It wasn't about the, what was yeah. in the drawer at all. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And so I'm like, oh. so we got in the office and so he was standing outside. He wasn't coming in. He was going to let her tell me. 
So she said, I got your, one of your daughters on the phone. She said, there's been a fire and one of your grandsons is dead and they're working on the other one. And your daughter wants you to come now. And I grabbed the lady that was supposed to be getting the condoms. I grabbed her by her hand. Mm -hmm. And I remember having somebody, I just didn't know who it was. And the lady was going, what do I do? She won't turn me loose. She said, I guess you're going with us. Yeah. So you in the car we went. So they took us down there. And when I got there, I saw my baby. He was burnt on one side. The head was burnt. Oh. He had pretty blonde hair. They were mixed. Oh. And <laughs> their mother had blonde hair when she was um, born. Yeah. She had a streak of blonde hair. And then with another cousin, boy, he had a, a streak of gray hair. Really? And they was only two weeks apart. And they kept the boy because something about um, he was what was it when uh uh Johnson. he was Johnson. he had Johnson. Uh -huh. so they kept him in they had him under the light yes so uh -huh. that's how he they was two weeks apart and they were still uh -huh. there together but i tell you when i saw that i about lost it and one of the firemen saw it so he tried to cover him up and i said i've seen him already yeah and then one of the, Dr. Beckett said, the principal, she said, get her, get her up and get her in the van. Here come the news, here come the news. I don't want to talk about the news. So this one big guy, they call him Bubba. He picked me up like I was a rag doll. Oh. Put me in that van. And they shot out of there. They had to take us to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, they said they couldn't save the other one either. So. Oh, man. The wow. What a story of ups and downs. I'm amazed at Joyce's ability to share it. She's been through so much, yet tells it to bring awareness and share the gift of hope with others. I hope that we can respond with more compassion for others. People have been through so much. I want to challenge you and encourage you to find someone who's older than you and ask them to share their story. We're going to close this out by hearing what's on Joyce's bucket list. I think you're going to love it. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope that you are having a fabulous week. I'm cheering for you, as always. It's getting dark. <laughs> <laughs> We've been having such a good time, it's getting dark. Okay. Tell me one last thing. Do you have anything on your bucket list or a goal? Anything, like what is the, what's something else you just really want to do? I want to to ride in an airplane. Oh. I've never, I've been in one, but I've never ridden one. Where would you go? I would go to Baltimore, where oh. my um, cousins are. Uh-huh. Miss um, Joyce, you sharing your story is extremely powerful, and I love how you bring beauty from all of it. I mean, you just, You've grown so much and you use it all and it's really going to change the world. Oh.